yes. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you tonight looking to hear from you. We ask that you speak through Mike and uh, just tell us what you want us to hear. And we're just uh, glad that you brought this, you know, awesome group of people together. And thank you for the, the love we all have for each other and the way we've been able to grow and walk with you uh, throughout whatever length of time we've been here, God. And uh, we just thank you for this, this safe atmosphere on a cold night. And uh, just look forward to, to hearing what you got to tell us, God. Um, amen. 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 Thanks, Brandon. A uh, couple of just a little housekeeping things before we uh, dive all the way in. Um, let me read this, and it will segue into... Oh, that's great. All right, this is another thank you note. We read one last week, right? And uh, again... Uh, they come to the house, and that's cool. And uh, it says, I cannot thank you and your church enough for your donation. It has blessed me so, and know it will bless the girls back in the Philippines. I was, I, I was able to buy more art supplies than I could have dreamed. Thank you, Heather Allen. And again, I have no idea who that is. And that's the beauty of it. You know, it's just like, all right, Heather, sweet. Man, go get them. <laughs> But someone in the group knew Heather, and, some, and Heather shared her need with someone in the group, and then the bucket starts pouring out, and the needs are met, right? That's cool. So the Jordans, yep, there they are, 1184 Bayard. Go to their place tomorrow. What time? 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Go to their place tomorrow and help pour out the remaining contents of the bucket. It's a blast. An absolute blast. If you've not ever participated, man, go. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew. Um, we're going to be in Matthew 1. We've been charging through life and, and looking and talking with folks that have said these incredible yeses. And so tonight it's going to be with Joseph, Mary's husband, husband to be, but betrothed, 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 engaged. Joseph! And it's crazy. I know I use that word a lot, but when you allow yourself to stop and walk real slow with what's going on with them and place yourself in the moment as close as you can to not read it like it's uh, just a story, but and it, what it is, an actual event, people, flesh and blood, having to just make some of the, the biggest decisions ever on how they were going to take the next steps. And like Deb said beautifully earlier is that they don't know what we know. They didn't know what we know. They were in the moment. So we're reading about them in that moment where they were in the unknown. And so we're going to be in Matthew. So let me just jump in. It's Matthew 1. Starting in verse 17. And the reason we're starting at 17 is because it's just talking about the family trees. And if you look at Matthew and, and Luke, the family trees are just a little bit different. One goes through Joseph's family and the other goes through Mary's family. They're both in the line of royalty. And so we're in Matthew and it says all those listed above, that's the family tree they're talking about, include 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the Babylonian exile, 
and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. Verse 18, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man. It means he's a just man. He's a righteous man. And did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. We're going to stop right there for a second. Gang, in their era, their engagements looked way different. And a lot of times, the parents are the ones that set the marriage up. That they would come in and parents would cut deals. And they would say, hey, my son, I believe, would be great with your daughter. And so we're going to put them together, and then that's how it's going to happen. And the, and, the, and the man and the wife that were going to be married didn't really have too much of a say-so in it. And so the engagements could last up to a year. But what's kind of neat in that culture is that the, the bridegroom, the man, the husband-to-be, their family would pay a sum of money to the bride. And I think that's neat, just a little quick time out, in that who paid the price for us? We're the bride of Christ, right? And so God, through Christ, paid the price for us. And so just the fulfillment of everything, just the meticulously how God takes care of all of the details and we get to put these things together as we're walking in this season. But here's the other thing, and, and we're going to see Mary's side of the story in a whole lot more depth next week when we just take a look at Mary and her incredible yes. But here's Joseph. Okay, I'm not sure how long they've been in the engagement. But his bride-to-be comes home and says, Hey, hon. I got some news. <laughs> I'm going to be pregnant through God, through the power of the Holy Spirit. You and I are going to be parents to the Messiah. And we know just from reading in verse 19 that he didn't quite just drink that in, gang. <laughs> So think about some of the craziest things that you've ever been told and how you've responded to them. But here's someone that Joseph is saying that he's going to marry and that he loves. He's probably growing to love her. And she comes to him and says, hey, I'm going to be pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Picture yourself being engaged and then someone coming and telling you that they're going to be pregnant. How would you respond? You think Joseph kind of wringed his hands just a little bit, going like, whoa, wait a minute. What are people going to think? What, what are my parents going to say? I can't go home and tell them that. Mary, are you sure? Mary, do you understand, Mary, what you're saying? Mary, we can't play. We can't joke about this. 
told you this? How come you believe them? Because we have to remember that affairs weren't looked upon kindly in this culture. When she starts to blossom, there's this distinct possibility that she could be cast out into the streets and stoned to death. It wasn't something to just kind of tiptoe around. Mary, are you sure? And so let's see what he does. Because I see with him being a just man, righteous man, there has to be this, this sowing of seeds into them. Number one that we'll see next week for Mary to say yes. But now for Joseph to start wrestling with this decision because remember we just read he is thinking of a way to separate himself from her without any disgrace. So in verse 20, he says, as he considered, which means to ponder, to roll around, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. I wonder what some of the ways were that he was trying to figure out how he could separate himself. But one key thing here, go back and look at how the angel identified Joseph. In a dream, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid. Why did he mention David? I believe he's reminding Joseph of his lineage. I believe he's reminding Joseph of where he came from. And maybe upon maybe through the family talking about family members in the way that we do that it just got passed down and 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 passed down, and passed down, and passed down that at some point in around the dinner table someone would say, hey, don't worry about that, man. Don't worry about feeling bad about messing up so bad. Our uncle, great uncle, our cousin, our whomever, our dad, our... Uh, King David, he had this affair with Bathsheba. He kind of stepped all over himself. He did the very thing that everyone in the world is going to think that my bride-to-be has done. And yeah, he did it. And yet he's the guy that they say that God, that this guy's after God's heart. He's reminding him of who he is. He's reminding him. And so what happens? We, we kind of do this on occasion as parents. We say, hey, don't, don't forget who you are. Don't, don't forget whose you are. We've ever said that? And what we're saying is that there's a certain way that I want you to live your life out there. And so now the, the angel that God has sent is saying, look, I'm reminding you of who you are. Yes, people are going to talk. People are going to absolutely sneer at you. So what? Who cares? God's speaking to you. I just believe it's an incredible reminder of God's grace in setting his identity to take on what he's about to take on. And so in verse 21, he goes on and the angel saying, And she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus. 
for he will save his people from his sins. Jesus meaning Yahweh saves. And the safe peace is what? Deliver from the penalties of judgment. To rescue from danger. That Joseph, the boy that you are going to help raise, will be the one that's going to rescue everyone from danger, from judgment. The Messiah. And look, he, then the angel responds by quoting Isaiah 7, 14. Look, that the, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then in verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. When he woke up. How beautiful is that? So let's kind of relate this to us. Are there any areas in our life where we need to wake up? That we need to go ahead and listen to everything that God has been telling us to be. That he has set our identity through Jesus. Christ. That he has set our identity in in Jesus, that he's already without a shadow of a doubt blown in your DNA the purpose that he desires to live through you, but you're just not fully awake to it yet because you may be pondering. You may be rolling around on how to separate yourself from that particular calling from that particular way of life that God is designed for you to pursue. So what is that? I don't know. But you do. And that's the beauty of it, is that you do. And so, in closing, here's what I want us to uh, ponder upon. You see, I believe Joseph's first love was God. His first love was God. His commitment was to God. Because remember, we just read that he was a just and righteous man. What did they base that on? Why did Matthew say that he was a just and righteous man? Because, see, Matthew knows the aftermath. Maybe they, he knows his lineage. He did because he wrote it out. But he sees the machete that Joseph went ahead and he sees how Joseph's decisions came to fruition when he trusted God when he trusted him when he loved God it helped him with his commitment to Mary because gang it had to have been brutal for them for him to walk through the streets and the men in that era just absolutely ripping him up Joseph, do you really think Mary is pregnant through the Holy Spirit? And him to stand right in it, man to man, eyeball to eyeball, and say, you bet I do. You bet I do. You just hang out and wait. Because your tongue will confess. And your knee will bow. 
at the sound of his name. Amen. Father, I thank you. I think you are not only with us, Father, you are in us. And so for that, it's um, amazing cool. And uh, so, uh, Lord, uh, it's just a great night. Thank you for the... Uh, uh, thank you for the intimacy that we always feel when we come into this place together. Uh, Lord, we are uh, thankful that we get to celebrate life, not only in here, but as we go about our day-to-day -day and we're huddling up with each other in homes and, and at work and, and at school and in our universities, that, Father, that wherever we go, there you are because you're in us. We thank you for Joseph. Thank you for setting his identity in kingdom, in royalty. Not through David anymore, but through Jesus Christ, our Messiah. What a beautiful name. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.